Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's five o'clock on Friday afternoon. My name's Jacob, here with you on Community Radio Station 3CR, and this is a Friday Rave. Yeah, well, it's not really Friday Rave. It's Again, it's a bit of a pre-record. I'm sitting in the studio a couple of hours early because I'm actually here joining the studio today by an old mate, David Bradbury. And the reason we're doing a bit of a prereq to get it a bit early is because by the time um, 5 o'clock comes around, 5 to 5.30, David's going to be running around like a proverbial headless chook, <laughs> um, getting things together, fixing whatever goes wrong at the last moment before the Australian premiere of his new film called America and Me, which is just um, on at the Nova tonight. So if you... You haven't got you haven't got your glad rags on yet. Get your glad rags on and start getting down to the Nova in Carlton on the top of Ligon Street there to join us at six thirty for David Bradbury's film America and Me. David, welcome once again to Three CR, the Voice of Radical Radio. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jacob. Yep. All right. So you're just back from the states. You spend more time there than you do here sometimes. I think. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it's, um, it was a really exciting trip this time to one literally a year into uh, Trump's administration. I was in Washington, D.C. when he let, let go with one of his many clangers about, you know, why would we want to sort of uh, uh, support or take people from shitholes? And uh, that uh. reverberated around the walls of the, of the, the Pentagon and the CIA and, uh, and Madison Avenue there. And uh, I was there with some activists that were uh, having a uh, a fast uh, for war on uh, war against torture and uh, mm. uh, witness. No, sorry, <laughs> will you throw this word around war too much? Look, we're falling into the bloody lexicon <sighs> of the of the of the enemy here. Mm. With uh, it's taken over even more than I thought my own language, but. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, that no, was great to be amongst activists in America, Jacob, and uh, and to see that they're not taking it lying down. You don't see that side of America, as you know, on CNN or ABC yeah. or SBS News here. But I went to eight cities uh, from coast to coast, from California through to um, New York and D.C. to Chicago, where I stayed with Kathy Kelly, who's a pint-sized um, well, she's a dynamo. She is, yeah. And she's yeah. she's made about 20 trips into Iraq before the shock and awe campaign. She took in medicines for the, the kids in an attempt to try and see some of them, of the 500,000, half a million kids that died in Iraq as a result of the, uh, the sanctions by Bush and co. And she's now very passionately committed to um, Yemen and what's happening in Yemen. And I learnt a lot from her at her her knee about what the real issues are in Yemen and why the United States is supporting the Saudis and the um, the fascists of the United Arab Emirates uh, yeah. in doing what they're doing to the people of Yemen. That's a hard one, mate. But first of all, you said that the people in the United States aren't taking it lying down. Um, but 
I was activist. Uh, you know, uh, activist, me, yeah. yeah. Well, because I was going to say, I saw the. I, I was privileged to see the the film already, your film already, at a van screening. But um, um, there were a lot of people lying down, lying down in the streets. Yeah. Like I was in the states. I haven't been in the states for seventeen years, yeah. and I was surprised then at the level of homelessness. I remember, like, as you, as some people might know, I often get around barefoot. And I was getting around San Francisco barefoot and I had homeless people coming up and telling me where I could get a pair of shoes from um, just because, you know, that kind of solidarity and mm. people looking out for each yeah. other. Um, but Yeah, I've never seen it as bad it as I saw it in 2016 or 2018, when just just there. And uh, the numbers each year, I mean, there are 22,000 homeless kids Kids, children kids. in New York City alone in just one city. Yeah. That's that was of two years ago. The latest statistics on official statistics, and uh, every city is just uh, and that you you have to put you can't put it down to anything else but the cost of maintaining yeah. empire and neoliberalism, and uh, you know it's just the the biggest con that Scott Morrison is now trying to foist mm. on the people of Australia as well, that you know, if we um, give the corporates a, a cut from 30% tax down to 20 like in America, then we're going to have more wage increases for the workers. You know, oh, It's a win-win situation, just like globalisation, economic rationalism. <coughs> uh, neoliberalism was supposed to be a win-win for us all. We make the rich richer, and it's going to trickle down to, to the middle class and then the poor, but all we had... The only thing that's trickling down, mate, is to piss down me knack as they stand on there and bloody piss on us from a great height, mate. That's the yeah. only thing that trickles exactly. down from trickle-down yeah. economics. Yeah. It's it's absolutely... And as you say, they're doing it here. And you walk through Melbourne now, and I was in Sydney a couple of weeks ago, and the homelessness, like Sydney's yeah. my hometown, I've never seen anything like I it. I know. And it's, yeah, and it's going to get a lot worse, as you know, because they, they continue to screw us down more and more. And that's why I was glad to see this week's announcement by the ACTU mm. that they're going to you know, spend you know, a serious ad campaign to point out the fact that you know, our wages are going down. I mean, those of us that get wages, activists yeah. like you and I that you know, live on the smell of an oil rag yeah, somehow or well. other you know, to feed our families – but it's, it's about time that the men, of course, the corporates come back with their sort of buff head that's uh, representing the uh, the companies and says, well, this is just going to lead to uh, price increases. And I think the unions are being very unfair. In, and they're talking in, in 50 least, bucks a week. They're talking 50 bucks a week. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not going to make a lot of money for people. That's, yeah. uh, 50 bucks a week is not no. going to change people's lives. And it's not going to change the corporate It's not going to break lives. the bank of the corporates, you know, the sort of the uh, – the Jamie Packers and the uh, Murdochs and the the whole swag of them there like that that uh, are just laughing their way to the bank ever since neoliberalism uh, was introduced and that they were doing pretty good up until the 1970s and that mind you but um, but uh, and while we had unions that were able to you know, give them a bit of a run a slight run for their money but after uh, Reith and and Howard came in and Corrigan and smashed the unions to yeah. do what they they did in the United States and throughout Central America and South America as well. It's just uh, it's been a free for all for for the bosses to do what they're doing. And um, you don't usually talk in today's world in those old Marxist terms and so on. But that's basically it's always been like that, and it, it 
it is that more than ever now. I mean, well, I'm finding myself talking in Marxist terms more in the last couple of years than I ever have before, hmm. because it just. Um, while I never referred, you know, well, you know, I'm an anarchist, but I've never referred to myself as a as, as a socialist. But I just think that in as the world gets crazier and bloody crazier, I'm I'm, I'm seeing that. It's almost like we have to talk in three-word slogans. Mm. And I can say, control the means of production. Yeah. The tendency of the rate yeah. of profits to fall. Yeah. It, it's just easier, yeah. to ex- it, easier to explain things to people. But you, um, you know, back to, back to your film, you started off at Standing Rock. Mm. Well, almost, almost. In the edit rock. I did anyway, yeah, because I wanted to give a bit of sense of Oh, so hope. it's only the edit I've seen. I haven't seen the actual final film yeah. yet. <laughs> no, 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 in the edits or in the editing oh, right. process. You know, I mean, a film is something that you have to very carefully construct and and to keep your audience with you and to give yeah. them a, a sense of, of um, you know, hope, entertainment, a bit of humour if you can weave it in there, which is why I put the, the bit with my... 22-year-old son calling me a lazy prick hiding yes. behind the camera when we were supposed to be putting up the tent for the night to... To which my 18-year-old son, he said, he's just like fucking you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> lazy prick. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but, you know, I, I think that um, the reason for having people come along tonight to the, the Nova, and if you get there a bit late or something and jumping on the tram or, or pushing your bicycle over to the to there... I, I want this film to be a discussion starter, Jacob, for where we've got to come back to, the fight back that I was seeing happening in the United States with activists there. Mm. They're not taking it lying down. They're organising them. They have been for some time organised, but never before like I've seen them now. And they don't get the media exposure, but they're doing what you know the Bernie Sanders voters did. They're using social media like we are starting to do mm. to get word around, you know, and um, and that's what I want people to pick up on. And uh, tonight's screening of the film is just, you know, just my little humble first round over the, over the, the tops of the heads, as it were, to say that, uh, come on, folks, we've got to get it together. We've got to sort of start fighting all the um, all the, the morally... Uh, disastrously situation that we face in Australia, $3.6 billion given over to the arms manufacturers so Australia can, can become number 10 in the uh, in the pecking order of arms exporters. I mean... Now, just yeah. on that, where were you when you heard that? Were you in Australia when no, it was I was in announced? the States there like that, and I was sort of, uh, you know, um, spending the time with veterans uh, that were preparing their the golden... The, the gold the golden rule which was a, a boat that they resurrected out of the um when it was um sunk in a in a river off in California somewhere and it had sailed proudly into the, the Pacific in 1958 as America was about to start its tests in the Marshall Islands and right. to screw over all those beautiful people there and they sailed it to Hawaii then and they're going to sail it now leaving in around about June into Hawaii and then on to uh, Okinawa where the veterans are really supporting the the fight of the locals in Okinawa against another uh, the foreign base that's been there for so long and, and the local people about expanding that I believe they're expanding yeah the base and there's, in there's a fight I've got the the, uh, the newspaper here from from the um, veterans for peace newspaper yeah. called 
Peace in Our Times mm. and activists, uh, veterans going over, linking arms literally at the barricades with the um, the people of Okinawa and being arrested, being gassed. And by many them. of them, many of them would have been would have served in Okinawa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and that's their connection yeah. to and, that. Well, and then you have and they were in people. Vietnam. Then you have other people. Of course, you talk about Okinawa, and we got that prick who's now the, the new U.S. ambassador to Australia, who was born in Okinawa, a base a base brat. Good old ha- Harry Harris. Yeah, Admiral. Yeah, the torture of Guantanamo, waterboarding, Admiral introduced Harry. under his watch. Yeah, Admiral Harry Binkley Harris Jr. Apparently, his name is, but um. But yeah, so you've got a whole, like, when you look at Okinawa, it's so central to all the geopolitics that's happening in, in, in Australia at the moment. You've got Jim Mullen in, you've got, you know, not to mention, what's his name, the new defence mad dog Mattis I was talking about last week on, on this show. And they all seem to be coming together mm. is what gets me, you know. Now, yep. now Trump this week has, um, has just made the, the CIA, what's his name, Pompeo, Pompeo, just made Pompeo the his secretary of state, was it? Yeah, his secretary of state. And it's what's like, his background, Jacob? Well, he was head of the CIA, right? So he's gone from head of CIA to secretary of state, and there seems to be these military mm. appointments. Is what's happening? It seems to be there are there are know? military appointments yeah. happening everywhere, mate. Yeah. And it's really, really, and that of course means it's business for you know up, upgrading the business, expanding the business of the arms manufacturers, the Lockheed Martin, Rayathon. Northrop, Grumman, you name it. Um, and what struck me on this trip there, and as, as you know, I've been coming down to the United States for 40 years, going into Central America and uh, into Chile and something like that, but I've never seen or realised the deepest extent to which the US economy and the workforce that relies upon the the military machine to, um, to make them richer and for those poor workers that are locked into it, making the Boeing jet engines, making the the uh, Humphreys that go off there, the bullets and the intercontinental ballistic missiles, the yeah. uh, you know the anti tank busters, uh, you know the the F eighteen fighters, etc. Like that. Yeah. I mean, America and its economy would just be another third world nation if they relied upon anything other than uh, the other military. Than and it is about the war, and it is about ongoing war. It's it's like one of the things that gets me, I was talking to some activist friends over the weekend, and they said that America couldn't even win the war in Iraq. Mm. And I had to say, like, you know, I've been talking about this for weeks now. I've been saying they don't want to win mm. the war. Once yeah. they win the war, it's 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 game over. It's over, yeah. It's, You've got to find somewhere else you to just, sort of... Uh, you, just yeah. need to, you just need to keep it going. Anyway, you're on Community Radio 3CR, where it's round about quarter to six on a Friday evening, if I get my pre-record times right. This is David Rovix, and you are tuned to 3CR, 8.55 a.m., Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do and everything can change. Okay, you're listening to 3CR Community Radio here in beautiful downtown Smith Street. That was David Rovix. Um... David Rovick's an American anarchist, and um, um, David, you've another David. You've um, I remember you were using David Rovick's not in this film on the previous film, War on Trial, wasn't it? Yeah, I um, 
wanted he had the song and it was perfect for putting over the 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 WikiLeaks footage of the uh, of the murder of uh, some journalists in Iraq and uh, when they shot up the helicopter gunship shot up some uh, uh, bongo vans and a couple of kids were in the front seat there and uh, Dave was passing through Byron Bay near where I live so I went down and recorded him and and started an end to the film with that song and. Mm-hmm. I think one of the main things that motivates me to be an activist filmmaker and to to go into war zones, Jacob, is my love of children and the um, their, their innocence and you know the children of the generation that um, that are inheriting the planet in its stuffed up state that we're handing on to them now. Yeah, and we're looking at the United States at the moment. We just come from the United States, and of course the school shootings was happening over there. And we were talking, you know, and you know, I've said it before, and people get here sick of hearing you say it again. People get sick of you saying it again. Um, but we're going to keep saying it, and that is you've got a whole nation that relies on warfare and resource extraction all around the world with people with no social safety net, um, no access to health care, ridiculous educational systems, People working 40 hours a week for things like Walmart and still having to rely on government handouts. Exactly. Then, Food stamps to, uh, to the workers. The workers get and paid they, $7.20 an hour yeah. discovered from... And then Bernie they Sanders wonder why, they're killed, why their children are eating each other. Like, haven't they read the Lord of the Flies? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I just don't know what, mate. And as a parent, much like myself... Um, how do you find... Like, I know sometimes I look at my kids and, you know, one of my kids has said... Uh, everything he's ever heard me talk about every week has been doom and destruction. You've got to be you've got to be aware of that. And I know you know you played a part of having your lad Dylan on the screen with you on that um, on your most recent film. How he did it was my oh, skate, sorry, my yeah, skater, skater. three three sons. Oh right, okay, sorry. Um, how how's that? How are the kids coping with all all the work on the military industrial complex? I think they've just. Um, a product of their generation and the times that they live in, that they uh, know it's bleak out there. But, you know, Dad is just um, bunging on about what Dad bungs on about and uh, they get on with being good little consumers and mm-hmm. and trying to find their way in the world. You know, um, I... Um, I took Dylan, my eldest son, to East Timor at age four and to Nicaragua age six and Cuba age nine. And I think uh, some of it's rubbed off on him, uh, but it's sort of, it's, uh, you can't beat the uh, the peer group and, and what is on offer from, you know, the, the society, that, the system that we live in. And that troubles me a lot. And I feel a certain sense of failure at this point in their lives as a parent that I haven't been able to turn them into being good, you know, rabble-rousing radicals that kick against the machine, you know. Yeah. And uh, but but neither are, n- neither are they evil capitalist pricks. No, they haven't <laughs> gone and joined you know, Westpac or become arms manufacturers or joined the army. Yeah. So far, so uh, yeah, that's it. And. You can just, um, they've got to run their own race 
as you know, as we yeah. did. Yeah. And uh, the more you push them to do anything, as you know, with ourselves, anything your parents want you to do from age 13 onwards, you want to do the opposite. So, um, oh, look, just, my, my adopted father was a Stalinist. And, and, well, <laughs> and he, he, he did he, he uh, pushed me away from any kind of any, any kind of Marxist philosophy as far away as you could poss- as far away as you could possibly get you know and I actually went in the other direction I went into I went into I guess you'd call it um, hippie religious bullshit when I was a when I was a teen when I was a teenager you know mm-hmm. and and um, and in fact I remember a, a mate and I, a mate of mine Eli. And I back in Woomera outside the Narunga station back in sometime in the mid eighties, we took over the church. Um, we weren't Christians, of course, by then, but we took over the church Easter service in in the town of Woomera, with a huge sign saying "Repent or Perish," and a quote from Obadiah saying, um, "I think it was, though thou exalt thyself as the eagle and set thy nest amongst the stars, still will I bring thee down, saith the Lord, which we thought was great for a space base. Mm. But the reason I raise that is because all the way through your um, documentary, there are little um, um, biblical, biblical quotations, particularly from the prophets from memory. Yes, well, I um, have to confess that I was brought up as a, a good Baptist Boy from age zero to about uh, 16. And uh, then I started to, um, as you do in your teenage years, what we've just been talking about is you break away from your parents and you try and work out who you are as a person as opposed to what they want you to become or are. I started to doubt my my Christian faith and I'd been baptised in the church Mm. and I'd um, gone it forward at a Billy Graham crusade, and <laughs> uh, and I um, then went to the university, the ANU, and I discovered sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and uh, nothing like a, a Baptist boy that better wasn't allowed speak, to go better to than dances. Speaking in tongues, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a different yeah. kind of speaking in tongues. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, and so um, I mean, going from not being able to even uh, go to school dances, but uh, having all the, the fa- flights of fantasy with all those hormones going around in your head and your loins was, uh, and mostly not getting any of it out there, so to speak. I um, I've basically became a non-believer uh, for the next 40 years. Mm. And uh, I would have, um, I guess I would have been a, a uh, what's that word, Jacob? You're more of an intellectual than me. A, <laughs> a pantheist, that someone that believes in nature in terms of my right. my you know adherence to and and um, respect for Aboriginal uh, views of of uh, of nature and uh, right. Dreamtime stories and so on like that, which yeah. has got in its own funny sort of way, which I also discovered in going to Standing Rock uh, in in this recent film. The Native American Indian tribes also have a mix between their creator, you know, the yeah. um, in in the, and um, and the Great Spirit, and and this uh, application of of Western Christian 
uh, Jude yeah. background. Well, people, pe- people adapt. You know, stories are stories, and they're powerful things. And people adapt the stories to best represent the situations they find themselves in. Yeah. So you add to that going to Central America and South America in the eighties and having nuns smuggle out my my film stock and uh, in El in in Chile and seeing the nuns that were raped and murdered in El Salvador and mm-hmm. the priests that were were murdered as well and seeing that they notwithstanding that they spoke out for the poor. They were a shining light for Christ as the true revolutionary that went into the temple and overthrew the um, the the tables that where the, the, the temple was not being respected as a place of, of worship of God and that God basically, and Christ uh, cast his lot with the prostitutes and, uh, and and the poor and so on. So, and then you add to that uh, two... Uh, teenage kids that were heavily into serious drugs, and we're talking heroin, mm. and uh, and and were uh, suffering from mental depression and and uh, social anxiety, which is a common disease now amongst our young people. And I often ask myself, are they just picking up on? The, the end of the times that we're in, not in the in the sort of revelation Armageddon sense of the end of times, but the reality of what we've brought to this planet in terms of our you know, belief in war solving our problems as as a, as a human species and uh, and and destruction of the planet environmentally, and they and they in coming out of their childhood have they turned to drugs and and an inability to escape. The fact that it's all fucked, that it's all over, Red Rover, and we can't do anything to change it. And who could blame them? Who can blame them for that? Because it's yeah, it's 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 you know, yeah, it's there. It's 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 there. It, yeah. it is a hard one, but and so I guess when I faced Jacob that um, my kids were going to um, die, everything I tried to do to keep them alive and take them to the psychologist and the best psychiatrist and. Big Pharma antidepressants and and so on, and they were continuing to shoot up. I thought, fuck, you know, this is going to... My beloved children that I'd walked up and down the corridor at night time, wiped mm. their bums and yeah. and take them to their first day at school and school That's concerts right. and all that sort of stuff Listen that we do as a parent. when they're too quiet. And, uh, and so I basically just metaphorically speaking went down to my knees and... Um, and and did a deal with God, not with the devil, but with God. Right. And I said, look, if you keep my kids alive, I'll do whatever you want. You know, I'll do, you know, I'll use my filmmaking to put out you know, what what you want. The and, opposite uh, yeah. of the Abrahamic story. Yeah. yeah. And so that led me in the last um, uh, film to uh, at the last midnight hour. I nearly wasn't going to do it because I thought I'm going to get a lot of shit from all my, you know, sort of uh, agnostic or atheist mates in the left and, and outside of the left uh, that, you know, just want to you know, keep on keeping on and fight the good fight without the introduction of this God character. You know, what's, what's, what the fuck's going on? Is Bradby found religion? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's sort of he, he wants a, an insurance policy now. He's 65 and he's in the afterlife and that stuff that, Jacob, I'm not... Pas- you know, I mean, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't mind in my embrace of 
at times with Buddhism and reincarnation. Yeah. That I wouldn't mind the party continuing without all the fuckers that have brought us to the point of where we are at, at the moment. But um, no, so it was basically my kids and, and that point. And so I looked for verses that would reinstate the Judeo-Christian uh, culture that we're all part of in the Anglo-Saxon tradition, whether we like it or not, and to inform the film and to, as a way to look towards the future without pushing people's faces in. When you're talking about a film, a film like that one, or like, like any of the films you've made, I dare say, the ones I've seen, um, you're, you are actually talking about basic questions of, is this what we are now? Basic questions of, of morality, um, and and that whatever your belief, I don't believe in. in I'm not a Christian or any of them, but um, but that is whether we like it or not. Our our um, our, our philosophical cultural tradition, cultural tradition. spiritual tradition, and and so we're we're running out of time here, David, yeah. and I'm on three CR. So you've got just enough time if you live in somewhere in the inner north. You've got just enough time, as I say. Get on that tram. Get on that tram. That bicycle get, pedal. Get on that bicycle pedal. Walk, run, hit the floor and crawl um, into um, the Nova. The Nova in in Carlton, up the top of Lygon Street. There, you know, you all know where it is. And um, have a yarn with um, with David. He'll be taking questions about the film. Yep, I believe the film goes for eighty seven minutes, and uh, we'll have a Q and A afterwards. Rob Starry is uh, going to be. Leading that discussion, and Margaret Roadnight's going to do a, a few Paul Robes and songs and send them out into the streets to go to the barricades, Jacob. And Be- uh, we're not going to take it anymore. We're not going to take it anymore. And in the spirit of your film, I guess I'll, I can only leave with a quote from oh, which quote? Habakkuk. Woe unto them that buildeth a town with blood and establish the city by iniquity. Goodbye from right. Jacob and Goodbye David. David. On 3CR, a Friday rave, it is 5.30, more or less.